what you know about it. It's the stew, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stew, baby. And there's room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conoparo, say hello. Hello. We have, uh, we have one guest today, Jared. Say hi. Hi. Jared is from Standing Butcher, Standings Butcher Standings, Shop. Standings, apostrophe S. It's a apostrophe S. That's a butcher shop here in Los Angeles that's been open for a couple months now. Almost two months. We're just a couple days away from two months. Oh, my God. And did it just in time for the holidays. <clears throat> yeah, not on, not on purpose. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was supposed to open like in June. You know how paperwork. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, goes. okay. Uh, I your business would've... didn't open on time. <laughs> so yeah, weird, well, right? It's LA. I, um... <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have loved to have a few months like ramp up time before. I mean, we opened a week before Thanksgiving. Right. It's not ideal. <clears throat> Yet you said you were still crushed. Yeah. No. I, is... Well, I mean, because I had enough of like a following and people right. anticipating it, um, so that was good. And then you know, for Christmas, we were ready. Yeah, your Instagram's got a lot of real meat porn, as they say, right? Hashtag Some meat porn. Say that. I've been seeing that. Yeah, uh, next year. <laughs> yeah. So you did not sell turkeys this year? Uh, I skipped it, no. Because you, I mean... Why'd you skip it? You kind of have to... I wasn't sure if I'd be open on time for that. and Because uh, mm. it was such a close call because it was like a week before. That's a bunch of bird to have sitting, on, sitting in your shelf. Totally. And so well, you have wait. to reserve it like usually a couple months out and uh, so yeah. it was just too close a call and then the worst thing i would do because it's the opposite of why we're doing what we're doing is like be like oh hey sorry small family farm i just screwed you over remember those right, 80 right. turkeys i don't want them anymore right. or i have to take them and then and you know, you know and you know sit. those turkeys are not going to be cheap uh they are not cheap no <laughs> Because, I mean, I don't know how much you would charge for a turkey, but, like, when you go to even Whole Foods or a nicer market, the, the, the high-dollar birds are, like, hundreds. They're the heritage there. birds can be in the yeah. hundreds. Yeah, I sold a couple uh, for Christmas from the farm that I would have bought from for Thanksgiving, and I will next year. Um, and, yeah, I think What's it's doing, for, like, baby? like, six a pound. Six a pound? So, 20-pound that's pretty. Like re- that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's not the gouging. So, yeah, I kind guess of when like... you put it in the by the pound, that's not really that bad at all. No. no, if you're getting like a twelve pound bird, I mean, you know, most people out here they're like, I have like the little friends giving, and we're really eating ham or something that tastes yeah. good, and we just have to have a turkey because it's. But I mean, six dollars a pound. Like, how much is ground beef? Oh man, you want to talk about? <laughs> you want to talk about ground beef? Uh, ground beef. I'm gonna say. Oh, I don't know. I always. <laughs> I don't know how I want to. Do you guys sell ground beef? This one. I sell ground beef. I sell the highest quality at the lowest price. Um, mm. My ground beef is priced to sell. I've got it eight bucks a pound. Okay. That the nearest equivalent product in town is eleven, uh, and that's because I need to move ground beef. We buy whole animals, and that's the thing that I would get. Really so you pass on with. the uh, pass on the savings to the customer. Passing on the savings to you. We've <laughs> gone crazy. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about um, kind of the the aesthetic, the ethos of you starting this shop because you just mentioned it real quickly. You just said whole animal real quick, but yeah, let's let's hear their spiel because I, I think it's fascinating. Uh, we do. We committed to doing all whole animals. Um, it would be 
very easy for me to just have a shop that sells like bacon and ribeyes. Sure. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, there's only so many ribeyes on a cow and only so much belly on a pig. So uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, <laughs> man, there's just, I always, this happens and I have Where a million, to start? billion things in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, we're, we've got a full six hours, so we're going to be able great. to cover everything. Podcast. Great. Uh, the, I want to, I mean, we're, we're doing this, we're supporting small farms here in California. Everything we buy is from California farms, and that's both sides of the counter. So even if you buy some olive oil or some salt there or something, it was produced here. Everything's from California. Everything. I like that when you spend yeah. your dollar in my shop, it stays here, uh, yep. other than the federal tax that we have to pay. But the, uh, <laughs> no, no way around that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, the best way to support these small farms is to buy the whole thing, because they're in the same boat. It would be really easy everybody wants to buy these certain premium cuts. Yeah. Um, they don't have as many ways to move the other stuff as I do because I can be really creative because we can make sausage and we can sell burger grind really cheap. And, mm-hmm. you, know, and you have, and you have a following of customers who want off cuts or like oh, maybe, maybe not want them, but no, I, it's are like, it's better even than you, than you think oh, the, really? the ideal answer would be. Uh, my, these motherfuckers Lead. want some weird shit. It's they're just super open minded because they really trick with them funky cuts. I think by the time you come, like it's like the you, natural wine of 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 meat. Oh man, you I'm want, totally. I'm yeah. I'm they want I'm some on funky the, shit that was made right here. I'm on the natural wine thing. Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm like I want. I like, think this everybody is for good reason. I or want at this least, to be yeah. really orange and like if you <laughs> like if you say. Mousy or barnyardy to me. I'm like, yeah, that's the one I want. Pencil, <laughs> pencil shavings. Yeah, mm, pencil shavings. I haven't heard mousy. Fresh cut garden hose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're you're doing the meat version of it, that, yeah. <laughs> sort of. You know, there's a lot of less, skin contact, less funk. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Actually, my skin is all over that stuff. <laughs> uh, the what, where were we? <laughs> so we're we're, ta- we're talking about people. The the uh, mm. the trend of whole the sh- animals, shipping of people absolutely. being into these, yeah, not the ribeyes and ground beef, but all the other stuff. Totally, uh, and we and we can actually we can circle back to this at any point if you want. The I understand the bubble that we live in here, and I'm super lucky, and I don't take that for granted. Um, the bubble meaning like hipster foodie community of Los are Angeles, super food savvy people, and who are just like. Thank you. Socially conscious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, and so we they come recycle. in. By the time they get to the shop, they kind of know what we're about, and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what they're purchasing. They're really buying a story and yeah, using their dollars to like directly express their. Um, yeah, they know, want. Like, they want. Yeah, like when you donate to KCRW and not Power One Hundred Six. I get it. I, was, I paused for the KCRW commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was ready for that. <laughs> but and it's amazing that you're able to take that weight off the the butchers. I mean the 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 breeders' yeah, hands yeah. by saying like just put ten on a truck and bring them down and I'll sort it out. Yeah. No. And I'll and I'll take the heads and I'll take all the you know the liver and the kidneys and the heart and all that stuff because um, it's you know. I I can do a lot of things with that, and more than they have to just wholesale it. They have no other options um, mm-hmm. except for in one or two cases they have their own small butcher shop. But then they're in the same boat without the four million person city that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the I think the lead question I always ask because I don't the sort of you saw a little bit the, uh, the vibe in the shop is not like a how can I help you. 
um, kind of thing. It's just like, come in, let's just have a conversation about this thing that we're super passionate about and just like to offer. So it's always just like, did you come in? Like, did you have something specific in mind? And then from there, like really all I want is the yes or no. I don't care what the thing is that you came in for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many judge. people. Yeah. And I, you would expect like eight out of nine or eight, eight out of nine. This is my new skill. Eight out of nine <laughs> people. Classic um, butcher talk. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, I just bought a, my fourth sous vide, and I was wondering if you have any ostrich tail. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Um, no, but he, not even that. You would expect them just to be like, you know, I like, I want a fillet, and mm-hmm. like, I have those people, and that's great. But it's probably like ten percent of the people, and that's cool because I need to sell those things. Those things pay the bills. But yeah. um, most people are just like, no, I just wanted to come check it out. Like, I heard about you guys. I want to see what you're doing. Show me some new stuff. Um, yeah, wow me. And then uh, you know, we know two or three ways to cook every weird thing well but also <laughs> you the way you talk about the way you talk about that it it sounds kind of seamless to the extent that oh you know we're just going to choose to do whole animals but underlying that to me is kind of the lost art of butchery or i don't know about lost art but i think you know I, my grandfather was a butcher so you know it, it feels a little near and dear to me but i mean when you were a butcher you know 20, 30 years ago, it, it, was, it was much more about knowledge and skill, and you probably apprenticed in a shop before you tried to start your own, or you were the head butcher of a market that was an actual butcher shop instead of a market, not what we see now with, like, Bonds or Albertsons, or well, a lot of things come pre-cut, or, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of customization that somebody can do <clears throat> behind there. Maybe they can butterfly a chicken for you. But, so, when you say that you're going to do that, that's also with the knowledge that you can and that you will be hiring or teaching people to do that because someone just kind of can't step into the, the adventure that your shop is on. They can't, you can't just be, you know, I'm going to open a butcher shop and do whole animals and then kind of just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, true. Uh, <laughs> and that's, and that I feel that, like that's all, that's the answer. True. No, but I, I feel I mean, like that's that's same, saying that same is thing that, is, <laughs> is happening for all crafts and trades and arts like i mean i mean it's a bad analogy but like for me being a dj like that same thing has happened like 30 years ago you it took skill and dedication and decades of work and money and labor and now you can just kind of half-ass it now or whatever it could be cooking is the same way you can just like youtube how do i make the perfect deviled egg boom here you go right and same thing for knowing how to break down a whole animal the right way right versus just breaking down an animal i guess my point is that or at least not to talk for you, but it's not just about a choice to do it, but it's the ability as well. Uh, yeah. Planting your flag. Um, I, there's a, yeah, I guess there's a ton of, of yeah, backstory. Are you just realizing when this I, right now for the first time? Kind of, yeah. When I, well, it, I mean, I just, You're welcome. Because I, well, I just live in it. I never, sure. I never step back. Um, You're so busy slicing knuckles, you don't have time to reflect, do you? Slicing knuckles. <laughs> That's that old butcher lingo. Uh, the, you can tell I've dabbled as well. <laughs> um, no, really, man. I'm just like, yeah, I, I come off years and years of just like head down, just uh-huh. in it. Um, so yes, every now and then, like if you say, ask me a question like that, I step back and I go, oh shit. Yeah, no, I really, like, I know, I know a That's lot of good. stuff that other people don't know. And like, um, well, the reason I'm saying this too, is not just because I went into the shop to buy something you have been doing, I think for the last month, every Friday, a free demo. I came in, you broke down a whole leg of beef, um, and walked me through it. 
Um, and the the way you're talking about it was this cut. No one uses this cut. It's incredibly good. It's but you have to know how to get it. Or the French call it this. Or in Italy they would do this with it. So it's not only anatomy, but it's also cross cultural technique. That it sounded like you were talking. So you might have been fucking lying to me, <laughs> but you made it sound like a really good lie. But um, I mean it. it, it came through in the two hours I spent in the shop watching the demo that it was like not it was as much a passion as it was a business and kind of like a a thirst for knowledge that I don't think you find in normally as you in traditionally in domestic American butchers especially currently we butcher differently than the rest of the the world kind of almost always for worse it seems like in my understanding yeah totally um yeah without knowing more Americans is butchering worse yeah, they. I think the yeah the typical American, and I. I mean, I even I want to just call it like meat cutting rather than butchery if right. I can make that distinction. How Although I do hate. I you're right though because <laughs> I do hate when someone's like, oh, you're not a butcher, you're a meat cutter. I'm like, who cares what someone calls mm-hmm. themselves? Like, well, sure, we're definitely all. So, on the what same country side is the best meat cutter? Uh, see, here's what what I like, and the reason. I'll do that during the demo and say the French do it this way or then right. in this, you know, at a different cut, I'll say in Argentina, it's called this and this is how they cook it. Um, I, you mentioned YouTube. I think we have access to all of the information. Like literally all of the information is right mm-hmm. in your pocket right. um, to pigeonhole yourself in any one specific way of, of butchery. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, mm. So right. I like to be able to, pick and choose from everywhere like there are the world music of meat cutting i (laughs) I like that uh (laughs) the no like there are certain there are a bunch of french cuts that we put in the case there's some italian things we did some italian sausage that i really like and not like italian sausage like we did Mm codacino and like so you're able to take a little Um, bit of technique from different regions of the world and like for this part of this animal this leg i prefer the argentinian method and for this Totally. And that's something I like an Italian. Yeah. And sometimes a mix. Uh, And that's something that I just get super nerdy about. And I really love just like going deep into how other cultures do different things. So you'll do a mashup? Um, I will do it. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. This is something that I didn't, it's a a concept that I didn't even consider as a thing. Meat mashup. Like a little, like a little bit of an Argentinian method and an Italian method combined together. Sort of. It's usually something like I'll take a traditional Argentine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct, actually. Cut, uh, right. and then, uh, but not cook it the way they traditionally do, or cut it, mm. you know, slightly different or something. Mm. Um, the, so you'll, you'll get a cut, cut it Argentine style, but you won't Francis Malman it into like a stick on the ground that, next to a, next to a, a, a lake and exactly. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll take it, and treat it more as like a like a cast iron like pan sear kind of cut. Um, but mm. then. Uh, yeah, I can't think of an exact example, but I will sometimes Americanize certain traditional French cuts too. Because while in general I think Americans just go, does that mean you this don't animal smoke cigarettes while you do it? Is, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just like let's just draw straight lines through this thing, and then that's like the American way. And then it's like, um, and then you go the other whole other extreme where in Austria they do everything between like natural seams and the muscles. Right. And if you went into an Austrian butcher shop, you would recognize very few of those cuts. Yeah. Whoa. Which is super interesting to me. And they do some of it by hand. Like they're uh, almost all of it. All by yeah. Hand. Is just going to be, I mean, kind of the way, like you saw the way I do it. Like I use 
for 99% of the time, I'm just using that one six inch boning knife. Yeah. Um, and I've got a handsaw to get through some bones, which has to happen sometimes. But um, that's really, that's it. So that six inch boning knife, and then you're just using your hands and tearing, tearing pieces apart. Uh, and some, <laughs> get some teeth in there. No, mm-hmm. um, it's really just do you like, hold the boning knife, the cool butcher uh, way like that. I do, yeah. The, I bet you do. Yeah, <laughs> the metal's probably worn down with decades of sharpening and honing. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty pretty skinny. I knife. love it when they look like that. Yeah, and you can really get into those corners. But mm. oh, you have done this before. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you go in your shop, there's just one hacksaw. Uh. Or yeah. or whatever that whatever there's, the, one. there's yeah. one hanging saw yeah no totally as opposed to if you think about you what you may it, not you? what you may not pay attention to but when you go into some butcher shops there's just a bandsaw and there's just frozen yeah. blocks of ice coming out of a walk-in and it's yeah I've been selling a ton of bones to people lately right. and uh, it's the only time I kind of trying wish to pimp I had those bones out on the Instagram stories I like yeah. that. dude that worked so well my kind of guy yeah my well, um, that worked out well, well my I told you about it he's like. Yo, yeah, if anyone wants really, to, like, really kind of like a drug dealer sweet. kind of vibe, like, yo, I got bones on the low right now. If anyone needs some, that worked. Um, I, I mean, Instagram works extremely well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I mean, we can sort of say it I works have a for shop it works well for it. everybody in this room except for Andre, except for me. He's he's the only one. <laughs> I live free, vicariously free from it. No social media. Um, yeah, the guy on the couch has fucking hundred and thirty thousand followers for Christ's sake. He's not even on the pod. Mm. He is playing Mario, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you have, you'll have all these bones, and, and some guy will be like, cool. Yeah, no, well, we, we had partnered more. with, because we don't have that kitchen, and they didn't want to throw bones out. Um, we partnered with a company, Brothy, in town to make our bone broth, because they, they crush it. It's the only thing they do, and they got this USDA-inspected facility, and they Brothy. were doing it. And then, yeah, well, I mean, no reason to call them out now because two days ago they told me they were shutting down their company. So uh, I, I went into panic mode looking at all the bones in the walk-in and was like, these got to get out of here cheap because they're just going to get moldy in like three so, hours. So, that, um, so my question of gone. can you dry age a bone is not, I guess not. Is that something that people do? <laughs> you can, I mean, sure, you can let it hang out for as long as you want. But I mean, would there um, be any positive? No, it's not going to benefit from... There's from not enough like meat that. on there. No. I mean, whatever you would dry age, I think you'd have to trim off. Because there's mm-hmm. so little that it would just become that kind you know, of funky guys, I don't have exterior. Much, this is why we're on the show, there to learn, yeah. to live and laugh. I love it. Um, so, maybe, so are you able to make your own bone broth at uh, on yeah, premises? Yeah, no. we actually, not on premises, but right around the corner, we have uh, Commissary Kitchen, Commissary where kitchen. Our, um, our buddy Nicole, Nicole Rucker, she deserves a oh, shout really? out. Nicole Rucker's the best. Hell yeah, she's, been on, she's been on this pod. Uh, she's great. She's great. Um, yeah, her, the kitchen she's using right now is like four blocks away from us, um, and we can use that. They also have a giant smoker there, so we can start wow. smoking, smoking some bacon and stuff. Although, I do an unsmoked bacon, which is more of a, here we go, it's like an Americanized English bacon, uh, and it's so good. Unsmoked. Unsmoked. So what, just, what? Cured. Uh, just cured. Just cured. Just Super simple, like uh, salt, sugar, some bay leaves, and some peppercorns. Uh, you say bay up. leaves or bay leaves? Bay, some <laughs> bay leaves. Uh, I just drink the bay leaves while I cure it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not for Irish about, bacon, Jason. And it's like, no, a, five, yeah, like a five, like a five, six day cure. So it's a lot of bay leaves that I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why do you like it sans smoke? Uh, well, it was sort of just out of necessity. The mm. I had a bunch of pork bellies and they were not, they were just going to go bad. 
Um, and you can put pork belly into a sausage. We actually do make a ramen. We call it ramen broth sausage, and it it's pork belly and a ton of garlic and scallions, and it tastes just like ramen broth. It's super juicy, ramen too. Ramen broth sausage, huh? It's so good. Um, so pork belly, scallions, and, gar- and a shitload uh, of garlic? Shitload of garlic. Like, we really lean in. It's more garlic. garlic than meat. Um, and some sugar, uh, which just balances it out really nicely, and it just tastes like straight ramen it's so good Damn. uh the you know without the noodles because we're in la and bread is poison <laughs> you're, you're damn right I, I, I always get my ramen protein style yeah but <laughs> gross <laughs> uh the i got off track what were we talking about um uh why why you're doing english style cured bacon oh yeah no, oh, it was out, out of necessity, necessity and, and i was like i can't do anything with this and like what would you do a uh, hundred years ago if you had a right. bunch of pork like and i was like put it on salt uh, and then it just came out amazing. And initially, I was like, I'll just cube it up and we'll sell this as like salt pork or mm-hmm. we can do a little skewers. Uh, but I, since we have the sous vide set up at the shop, I just sous vide it instead of smoking and hand sliced it because I can do that. Sure. And the nice, technology is nice available. Even, nice even slices. Must well, be nice, technology in my arm is available. I'm not sure you get so many even <laughs> slices from everybody doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, <laughs> if I can. But I was going to say humble brag. There insured? was nothing humble about that. No, that's a brag. Uh, but uh, anyway, hand slicing that bacon, and it came out awesome. Thick. For, these, for these bones, are these the kind of bones that people would use, like cut in half and use for marrow? Uh, no, I don't like marrow bones for a broth or a stock. Uh, a lot of people come in for those um, thinking that, like, that's the shit you want. But really, you want, like, all the tendons and all the collagen-rich mm-hmm. stuff. So, like... The knuckles near the joints are really good. So um, then, so the bones that you'd be selling for roasting for marrow, those yeah. ones are going to be more expensive. Totally. Because yeah. for obvious reasons. But then yeah. the ones that you're moving for the low, those are kind of the smaller off bones that you would only use for boiling. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And then we sell, I mean, we really like dogs at the shop. We sell a lot of bones for just for people's dogs. Mm. We also make a raw dog food, uh, which is something that I'm just passionate about anyway. But then it also helps us move all those organ meats and like chicken bones and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I have some friends who believe in feeding their, their dogs raw, it raw makes meat. Sense. Yeah. I've had quite a few. Uh, it, it's meant to, and I did a ton of research and I consult, I had two people consult on that. And, um, it, I mean, it mimics their, the diet they had as they evolved from wolves. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, you would, you know, your wild dog would just catch a rabbit or a chicken, and yeah. eat it whole bones and everything. Neck first. Yeah, and it would get whatever vegetable matter was in the stomach of its prey, and that's the only veggies it would ever eat. Well, I never even thought uh, about that. Yeah. I so never we, even thought about that Yeah, either. so we run a little bit of the stems of the kale that we use for the chicken kale sausage, because, again, it's L.A. It's L.A. Got chicken kale, baby. Um, Thank the, you. Uh, all the, we save all the stems from the kale, and we run that through the grinder, but it has to be processed like that because they can't just eat vegetables whole. It doesn't right. do anything for them because right. it's not how they... Damn. Evolved from gray wolves. There's, there's, this is really opening a lot of windows in my mind right now. There's Tell so us about much, those there's, windows. There's just so much to, to the art of butchery so many, that I didn't even consider. So many doors yeah. are closing. <laughs> I'm thinking of all these great... <laughs> All these great collabs that you should be doing for your... So- you should do, like, guest sausage 
people ideas like a, a week every, once a week a new do a moon juice sausage you know what I'm saying like, no don't do a moon juice sausage <laughs> but you oh, should no. take his idea and do a better version <laughs> actually my buddies over at Press Brothers Juicery were gonna give me all their organic juice pulp mm. for the dog food but we're just not hitting that volume yet that I need as much as they have right we need to get some PR on this yeah let's because do it. this is this is a good idea a natural healthy juice juice pulp with oh, the raw boy. meat all mixed in together into a little hockey puck for your dog to eat exactly gonna be making, it's cute gonna be making money three ways baby yep and Lenny earmuffs and it's great for the environment you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> how much how much raw meat are you eating I don't enjoy eating raw meat this is a god damn th- I know people think that I do it I Nary a tartar? I occasionally. I actually I did do a hand chopped tartar for somebody today, uh, and I really enjoy preparing that because I like picking really fun muscles. Because typically people go with fillet because it's lean and tender, mm-hmm. but there are so many little fun ones that we can use. So you prefer a hand chop? I do. Yeah. And when you when you do a hand chop, that's not like a fine cube, but you're more like you got a big cleaver and you're mashing it up into a mush, like a medium sized knife, like a brunoise. If you will, you're brune wine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I, I didn't. Because like sometimes you'll just yeah. smash. No, no. Your... You can you can totally do it that way. Um, so I, I was expecting if you're using like a more off muscle with more connective tissue, you might have to beat I'm, the I'm, shit out of it more so than a brune. No, I'm still, you remove still it. going you with. You can't chop that up. Yeah. No, I'm still going with. Uh, or maybe lean, lean, tender muscles that don't have a bunch of connective tissue or. So what, so what are some fun non-filet cuts um, to do tartare with? There's one that you would have seen at the Yeah, I that, took it home. It was demo, great. The, from, the, from the heel, we had the... I took um, it home. Nice. We do the velvet steak. Yeah. Uh, in France, it's called the Merlot steak. Right. I guess that it's because of the color, because it's a deeper red than the other yeah. muscles around it, but that's totally a guess. Um, no one from France The rare velvet me. steak. The, it's super <laughs> rare, because there's like maximum two pounds on that whole carcass of it and it takes a lot of work to get to but it's really tender it's actually a really good steak just in a like hot pan too it's um Mm -hmm. totally lean but it stays really juicy so it's by the it's in like the calf muscle the area is called the heel but it's actually you know way higher up than what you and i think of when we say heel closer to the knee than the foot Right behind the knee. Yeah. And normally that would get tossed into a grind or not even separated um, or... Yeah, totally. Usually if you cut that hind shank off, yeah. you would slice right through it. Like we have to peel it away to then remove the shank and then take it off. It's a, it's a lot of care. And it doesn't make any sense if you're like in the high volume, like industrialized meat right. system. Mm-hmm. Mm. So then people... So but we can do it. And you'll have some on display and someone will come and buy it and be like, hey, man, you got any more of those velvets? That shit was fire. And I'll be like, no. <laughs> I think that's also, I mean, you, the, just, you mentioned another good point. I think if you don't think about it, the, when you say, like, well, it's not worth it. It's an it's a incredible stake that you're willing to charge a premium for and worthwhile. Yet factory farming and butchery is so much volume and speed that these, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes people have the idea that, well, if it's so good and other people would be doing or like huge companies would be doing it, I would know that name of that steak because it's that good. As opposed to the concept that no, just speed and volume actually increases profits on like a huge factory scale. But when you have the time and the clientele that are willing to buy it, there's a lot more interesting things going on that 
you just don't see and not because it's not worth it. And I think, again, we have that idea that if I don't see it, there's a reason for it. Yeah. And there are, there are sort of two like reasons Like it's not for good it. enough is why we don't see it as opposed mm-hmm. to a whole nother workings of why that doesn't exist commonly. Yeah. In the States, at least. No, and, and there's sort of there's that reason, and then there's the other one that you mentioned um, earlier where it's like, uh, which now I've lost my train Technique. of Technique. I also did. Yes, it's a lost art. It's a lost art. I think everyone listening to the podcast should know that I worked a 14-hour day before <laughs> this. I've been up since 4 a.m. Uh, 4 a.m.? Yeah. Doing usually, the Lord's work, baby. Usually that's 5, but it was just... And I was like, well, fuck, I'm up. I'm up now. I'm going to work. Uh, anyhow, yes, part of that is just that it's lost art, and nobody here knows how to do that. Uh, your typical like grocery store meat cutter, if you can slice a bread, like slice bread, you can do that job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming in, Which a, you've in done, a box right? in you a bag. Mentioned yeah. You mentioned yeah. you started early in like a chain grocery store. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's that also segues nicely into the really like the ethics behind why we do what we do, right. which is, I mean, the sole reason there's like, it's easy to talk about the what and the how of our shop, but like the why is so much more important. And the why is because we're trying to, I really want to change the meat industry. I worked, I did work at a grocery store right out of high school and which one bonds Safeway. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, but, uh, you know, a, and do a nice rotisserie chicken, then. am I right? Because the uh, first time Vaughn's ever got a hell yeah from anybody, <laughs> by know. the way. Oh, their soup station is. Oh, mm. man. I don't know, oh, I don't know if I've been in the. Sometimes Vons they have a built in Starbucks, too. They make really good oh, coffee. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. I've, I've heard of that. <laughs> okay, so you started at Vaughn's. Anyway, yeah, wow. Truly a rags to riches uh, story. The, here. And it gets weirder. I worked <laughs> there for like three years. Um, when And then I left, and I didn't even eat meat for a long time. Uh, I was really disgusted by the meat industry and didn't want to support it. And I thought the best way to do that was just to not eat meat. Vegan straight edge? Uh, Totally. Uh, Definitely without the straight edge part. (laughs) (laughs) Were you vegetarian Uh, or vegan? uh, I was, man, I tried, I was bad at both. I tried really hard to be vegan. I still would probably find it much easier to not eat meat than than cheese. I just love dairy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a lot um, easier to be vegetarian than so vegan. Good. For sure. So you um, so you super hypocritical. Mm-hmm. If wait, no no, if you're mm-hmm. doing it for ethical reasons. If you don't like meat or there's some other reason you yeah, don't want to eat meat, sure. cool. That's great. Um but like if you are an ethical mm-hmm. vegetarian and you're eating any sort of dairy or anything, yeah. like you suck. You're, <laughs> you're uh shut's yeah. fired. <laughs> it's gotta be vegan. Um yeah, no, I have a ton of respect for that. And actually, me and vegans, like, we're on exactly the same page. If there are 10 steps in that process, we agree one through nine mm-hmm. until that last one where we decide what action to take. And I just. You want take, the silver, you want the lead. I do the, you know, I do the thing that actually will make change in the world. Like, if you. And that was the realization I came to is if I'm not eating meat, I'm not actually putting any pressure on the meat industry to change. Um, mm. Like, if you don't mm. eat meat, and I own my butcher shop, but you're just not my customer. Your buying habits have no. It's like somebody who hates Trump but doesn't vote. I'm gonna stay away from that one. Yeah, <laughs> good job. Way to avoid the, that landmine. Uh, somebody, somebody who has a strong political feeling in one direction but doesn't vote <laughs> is the same way as wanting to change the meat industry but not doing anything. You're, about it. Yeah, no. And if I thought it Work were ever 
if it were ever possible that we would have a, like a society where meat wasn't part of our food system, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm like mm-hmm. front lines on that fight, but it's not going to happen. Sure. So since it's not going to happen, let's just, let's not just head in the sand. Like let's do something. Let's legalize better. Like, it, baby. People are going to eat meat. Let's do it in a much, much better way. And tax these motherfuckers. That, yeah. yeah. And make it really expensive. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like the, I kind of like and that, that it's expensive I think that for part that is good. That, that part is great for the same reason that it makes meat a luxury treat yeah. item that is not consumed every day. Yep. A it special ma- yeah. occasion no, situation. Totally. Uh, and, and, of course, we have a lot of people out here who just send their personal chef to the shop and they have their credit card and they don't. They right. don't even look at the price tag, but for most people, like there cool. has to be some thought put behind it to come and buy mm-hmm. something from me. And I think for most of human history, you would you'd you'd be there for the whole thing. You would have either hunted that thing or saw it brought back, and you would have had to break it down and do a ton of work to like get. So like you would take a hit, and you would probably take an emotional hit killing the animal and all mm-hmm. that. And now it's too easy to just not think about it. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, I can make you take a hit like in your wallet for <laughs> yeah. that thing. Like, cause you should feel something. It's like, yeah, yes. I mean, like, do you want to, do you want to go <clears throat> on a tropical Island vacation and you can do it in Catalina or you can go to Hawaii. <laughs> one, they're both the same thing. They're both two islands in the ocean. Well, one of them is better than the other. One of them costs more than the other. You make, you, you want to save up. You want to work hard all week. You want to eat gruel. I really don't want to give anybody the impression that it's that expensive. <laughs> yeah. His butcher shop is really fucking expensive. No, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's it appropriately is. It's, it's, it's appropriately priced. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but, you know, it, no, no, totally. I, that's the kind of eating that I really believe in. Like, I'll eat modestly all throughout the week, and then the money that I saved, I will really put it towards something that I really want to savor and enjoy. Yeah. Um, and the And the cool... Hard drugs. Yeah, same page. Uh, and the cool, um, the cool bonus to that is that it just tastes better. I would, oh, yeah. I would do this, and I would eat that meat even if it w- didn't taste better because mm-hmm. that's secondary for me. But awesome that it just does. Right, that's, that's a natural perk. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think now that you've done all spectrums of eating and seen how all of it is done? What do you think the optimal diet is? I've always felt the optimal diet is vegan, but you eat fish. Oh man, I don't know about fish. Fish is like, <clears throat> fish is confusing. Fish is like eggs in the '80s, where it's like, eggs are bad for you, eggs are good for you, egg whites are good. Get rid of those yeah. yolks, and then it's like, I don't know. I don't classic butcher shit over here. I don't am I right? know. With, with, <laughs> yeah, sandbagging the fish. Uh, All right, let me see. Jury's still out on I fish. I don't know. People are like, we're farming the oceans dry, and then it's like, yeah, but the. Farm fish is is not good for you, and so I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean I not, that that was less for the sustainability and the environment and the world as a whole, and yeah. more oh, just, just like health personal human body. Diet. Uh, I I actually believe a like a high animal protein, animal fat, like high fat, low grain diet is probably the best because I I know especially when I was vegan, I was the worst like junk food vegan like i probably i mean oh, i yeah. was way less your healthy. tater tot intake was a lot higher than it is now dude like and nachos like cashew <clears throat> cheese nachos and like oh. uh jackfruit chicken nuggets right, and right. actually oh, yeah. green leaves right down the street those chicken yeah. nuggets are better than real chicken they're, they're great they're so good oh really <laughs> yeah they're really yeah, good get those really good barbecue sauce they serve with that too oh I, shit I we were both today. vegan <laughs> i was vegan for like three four years you about the same and we both had the same thing where 
started off eating tater tot veginase sandwiches. And then, like, <laughs> I think towards the end of it, we both started eating vegetables and being healthy about it. Yeah, but, the only way to really yeah. have a great vegan diet is, like, have no job and cook all of your meals at home or yeah. just be rich as fuck. Yeah, and I was neither. <laughs> yeah, there's the yeah. there's the the metropolitan vegan that just has the the meal delivery service or the private yeah, chef for only every day. Yeah, or only eats at expensive vegan restaurants for yeah. everything. No, and I was like, wait, are marshmallow peeps vegan? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> wait, if you put something between two of them, it's a sandwich. <laughs> are there any meat substitutes that you are into? Uh, have you tried the Impossible Burger? I haven't. I almost said I haven't yet. But I don't know. I don't really want to put that. Aren't you curious to I'm try sure. it, though? I'm curious to try it. I don't, I don't it's care. It's the vespertine of meats. I, I know I probably won't like it, but I'm damn sure I'm curious to try it. I don't know. I can take you leave it. I don't care about most things. So if, <laughs> if I never try it, Hell it's fine. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. I don't care about most things. No, I, just, oh, I hate doing stuff, and I don't care about most things. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's exactly the mindset that I want my meat cutter to have. No, no I'm super, like monomaniacal like i i want to focus on just one thing which is why you know i know how mm-hmm. like if like I'm you gonna, don't know how to read or write you don't know about movies mu- nope. music culture nope. me, me just meat <laughs> i can break <laughs> down just, a hog brother <laughs> just um no but i love when someone can call me and be like i i grew up in norway and before i don't let them finish the sentence i'm like you know what you want you want like a pork belly loin on roast with the Skin scored super skinny. And they're like, yeah. Like, how did you know that? I'm like, because I don't think about anything else ever. <laughs> and then, well, yeah, you tell him that and you can just hear him like crying on the phone. Like, yeah. Grandma? <laughs> yeah. No, standing punch, get yeah. down here. Grandma? I'm like, I'm glad you're happy. I'm a, I'm a terrible family member yeah. and boyfriend. You know what they have Norwegian <laughs> meat cut? Hell yeah. Yeah. Well done. All right. Well, um, we, have a, we have a bunch of questions from the net and they're Stay all right. meat friendly love it first one daniel aragon what is the best cut to make al pastor with i want to sous vide and then throw it on my stand-up rotisserie mm. i think most people will use shoulder. pork shoulder but i think yeah see i think uh yeah i mean that's the go-to usually is pork, i like but. how we both answered before our guest here who has <laughs> yeah. his own whole animal Easiest butcher shop interview like, ever. we got this it's uh pork chops yeah keep going on uh Next no but i can make it a more more butchery answer yeah, yeah there's yeah. uh the yeah maybe for maybe a cut that's not well the, the pork butt mm-hmm. is usually what you would go with which is the upper part of the shoulder mm-hmm. uh but there are specific parts of that pork butt that i like better than than mm. the others um Specific but also the, the other part of the shoulder which is the picnic the lower half of the i like the under part too yeah you find picnic like is it. that usually bone on like a lot of times if you buy it not at your uh, store usually like picnic yeah has the blade and then uh, usually is the, boneless or am I wrong? the butt is up in the top where typically they'll just remove the the little bit of spine and neck bone that's in there yeah. i say neck bone even though pigs kind of don't have a neck but the and there's a couple ribs that get taken off, Shots and fired. then a little bit of uh, <laughs> fuck those no neck pigs. Uh, not like and a, there's some not shoulder like my wild boars. Now that's yeah. a neck on an animal. <laughs> so usually, when you get a pork butt bone in, the bone is two thirds of the shoulder blade that's still in there. Right. Um, the picnic will have the other lower part of that shoulder blade and a little bit of the arm bone okay. in there. That humorous attached to there depending on where they cut it it might be like just a little knuckle it might be a little longer 
Uh, anyway, that picnic works really great, and because it's I not... I don't really hear a lot about pigs having arms. I just consider them to have four legs, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you consider the back legs pigs? legs and the front legs arms? Pigs are armed. Uh, no, you know what's funny is I made fun of one of my employees for calling it an arm the other day, and then I just called it an arm. But do as I say, not as I do. Uh, do you have any arm of lamb? Yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I might just label it that way. That would be See, awesome. I like it. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so, the, in there. so I do like pork butt for al pastor, but up closer to the neck. Down near the shoulder and loin area, there's actually, it gets a little leaner and that part tends to dry out. Mm-hmm. I steal a couple little chops out of there that I call copa steaks. Um, in Italy, that part is called the copa. That's a cut that I know. Proud and of then, myself. Yeah, and the, and the copa is to like a very, you know, we in America think of it as kind of like a throwaway piece and just call it all pork butt and then, you know, braise or smoke the whole thing. But, um, that's kind of their most valuable piece, and they'll dry cure that, and it's that's actually one of my favorite like cured meats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I go in, and depending on the size of the animal, I'll snag like three or four of those first, and sell the rest of it as pork butt, and sell those as chops because they're awesome on really high heat, super hot cast iron or. I think grill. we've actually made some from Belcampo, mm-hmm. some copas back in the day. We did. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I can mm-hmm. commend them. If you're listening, Bell Campo's out of business. They have no more butcher shops. <laughs> no, no, I was so. actually just going to commend them. Their pork is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next good. question. Mitch Goldstein, what is the safest bet for buying meat or beef or pork from the market if you don't have access to a butcher shop like your own, maybe? So, like, if you were mm. yeah, yeah. having to buy your meat from Vons, what is going to be your, your pick? I get it. I... um. I skew great question. Mike. I skew ethical cuz I my whole focus is animal. It's animal welfare focus and everything else comes secondary. Like I don't I don't care about an organic You're Sarah McLaughlin in this shit, aren't like you? That. Oh, man. Arms wide open for these animals. Wow. I thought about her in a long time. <laughs> uh the but I used to think about her a lot. Yeah, yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. <laughs> uh the I so I would go with uh grass-fed. If there's any way to determine how that animal was was raised um the words i would look for is pasture raised or grass-fed uh natural means nothing mm-hmm. um organic means just only slightly better than nothing um mm-hmm. i still have a lot of customers who will come in and be like oh is this certified organic and then i'll tell them like you i don't know why i keep saying organic i'm not from the midwest <laughs> i grew up here uh the like you can feed beef a ton of organic grain and grain is still a terrible diet for them mm-hmm. right um mm. Like, that doesn't tell me anything about their living conditions or whatever. It'd be so. like me eating a box of organic wheat thins for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sure, it's organic. Yeah. But I'm going to die tomorrow. Yeah, I know. You're super healthy. You they know, make organic that, tater tots. Organic sodium. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. No, it's just like totally meaningless. And, um, and, and be grateful that we're, meat. it's 2018 <laughs> now and you can go to Vons and buy grass-fed beef. And it might be, it might be frozen, like it, depending on where you live. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't live in... In this a cool bubble, place. yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it might be it might be harder to find, but there's probably like, well, like some ground five beef. Five years ago, frozen ten years ago, you yeah. know, you could not go to Vons and buy grass-fed beef, right? No, totally. And if you and actually, if you live in some really like weird rural place, you uh, you probably Alaska, have some, you're listening. You probably have some farms around, and you right. can probably talk to some some oh, farmers. Yeah. Go just go direct. There's probably yeah, some, if you're that yeah. out in the backwoods, just go kill that shit yourself, the, boy. I mean, the best way, like if I if I lived out in that kind of scenario, I'd probably just get a chest freezer, 
make friends with a farmer and just buy my meat for the year in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> Kill them all and let, <laughs> let Jared sort them out. Yeah. I get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this was an interesting, well, sorry, I have one question that's not that interesting and then an interesting I'll one. I'll be the judge of that. Cheech and Bong says, is it cheating to use a lot of butter when cooking a steak? Should I be drowning that shit in butter or just use a little? Uh, I would never advise anybody to only use a little bit of butter. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I'm just like putting butter on bread, it's like a two to one ratio. I'm, I'm, yeah, I go heavy on the butter as well. Uh, trust but this if, man. But if you're doing a, if you're doing like a steak in the cast iron skillet, you're, yeah, you're based, doing a... base that shit, butter based the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like know that butter is going to burn, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to get super smoky. Um, what we do at the shop is we render all the beef tallow. And we sell it. We call it beef butter, but it's just rendered beef fat, and that can take a much higher temperature. Um, it's a traditional, you know, French fry frying oil. The best way to get um, fries. And yep. so, and I really like that for any of the leaner cuts too. They don't have their own fat. You can add some nice fatty, beefy flavor. Mm. But um, but no, man. For for me, just go heavy on the butter always. <clears throat> yeah, always, if you're going to take the time to buy a nice steak and get your your pan smoking hot for a half an hour and go through all of it, you got to yeah. go full. We we even make a garlic butter at the shop that we just sell in little, like, two-ounce containers just to put on your steak as it's resting. Um, even, like, fatty cuts. Like, get a ribeye, cook it in butter, and then, like, while it's resting, put this other two ounces of butter on it. Yeah, butter yeah. is so good. You need to have all the stages of it. You need to have it liquefied. You need to have it burnt. You need to have it browned. You need to have it raw. Yeah, All but ne- just as long as you never eat bread. <laughs> just don't, don't do eat, it. Don't eat bread. Everybody. But you can also <laughs> clarify your butter or use ghee, too, if you're really obsessed with it. Because I think when you buy like something from a normal grocery store, what's like if you get Land O'Lakes and mm-hmm. you put that in a pan, it burns so quickly. And mm. yeah. yeah, you've got a very short window at the end of cooking, and you're not really going to be able to get as much out of that as far as basting and coloring and all that delicious stuff. All those milk fats just go. Yeah. And it's an easy buy, way buy, to, if you haven't practiced, butter. it's an easy way to kind of ruin a steak a little bit too. Yeah, don't, <sighs> don't ruin it, losers. True. I think that, I mean, the best way, I hate, I always hate the idea of people ruining a steak, especially if you come and buy like one of these premium cuts and it's like $35. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the biggest thing you do is cook to temp, not time. Yeah. I, people are, how many minutes aside? I don't cook it till it's 120 in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's the 120, all right. Nice. Well, for example, depends sure. on what we're doing. Yeah, you, you, because there's too many variables. Yeah. You're like, I don't know, how. what's the temperature, what's the surface temperature of your, of your cast iron? Yeah. I have no idea. How, how, I assume you have a laser thermometer. Ambient temperature, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in your house. Um, young Netscape, can you tell an animal has been sick after, when you're butchering it? Uh, not sick per se. Um, you, there fat. are some you things you can tell. Yeah. Just these, oh, these fat, just lazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gamers. Um, <laughs> uh, there is not so much the, if it were, if it were really sick, if it had a major issue, it wouldn't even get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the USDA is checking all that kind of stuff. Uh, the, you definitely occasionally will see like cysts are common cause that's common in, you and I and everybody, um, you'll see those kinds of things, but occasionally you'll get like a tumor mm-hmm. or something. Um, and I'm vegan you know, now. It's not, yeah, it's not hurting any of the other meat. Uh, the, 
the one thing though that you can really see that's a good indicator of what was happening is um if an animal was really stressed at the time of murder murder <laughs> oh god don't say that. i get it. man i get that sometimes <clears throat> i get the people who want to call me a killer or a murderer and um i it's that's a hard one for me because i'm i understand the sentiment i know where they're coming from and i'm 100% on the same page. But uh but no, that was just but like, I know what you're saying no, know, like, like now you're creating some human suffering. Like I I'm really sensitive. <laughs> it's not. What's the uh what's the Japanese fish ikijime where you you kill it instantly by putting the the wire through its nervous system. Oh, I know you're talking about. I don't know the name. Is there like a is there like a beef version uh, of yeah, absolutely. Um, there are What's that movie ways. where he puts the tunk in the head? Uh, that is one of the ways. Mm-hmm. Um, for What's that movie called? The, uh, no Country for Old no Men. No Country for Old Men, yeah. The, um, yeah, that's one way. Basically, you want that instant um, brain dead. So mm-hmm. anytime you can do something to sever that connection mm-hmm. with, at the brainstem. So that's usually that bolt or bullet or... Um, the little rod, like stun gun, electric shock straight through it. Yeah, uh, and then, the but animals. it's also important that the time before that happens is a less stressful. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if they get like a huge cortisol, like adrenaline shot, um, it will speckle the meat, and you can see it, and it hasn't had time to work out because really? then all that normal life process has stopped, and it's just sitting in the muscle, and I'll cut mm. into it and get this like pork chop that's just got these red flecks going through it. Uh, and then Crazy. I and then I feel very sad. So I haven't seen that in a long time, though. Right, yeah. so that's some bombshell really nice. right there, huh, baby? I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Truett Dietz, the god best meat for a taco. A little bit of a too general question there, buddy. I expect more out of you. Obviously, you can make <laughs> tacos out of everything. I, I really like a cabeza taco. Yeah, I really yeah. like a suadero. Um, Cabeza is a good starting point because I like cheeks, pork cheeks, beef cheeks for that. Um, I made some oxtail tacos that were pretty awesome mm. one time. Um, but lately at the shop, we've been just doing uh, like white people tacos, just ground meat, ground beef and pork. <laughs> uh, and then we just made a spice mix that tastes just like the little like McCormick or Lowry's like spice oh, packet, really? but without all the dextrose and the red number 40 and all right. whatever else so is in those. Damn, I need to go to your um, damn butcher shop. Yeah, you yeah. have all these little things that I um, really am interested in. It's good. Just grind it, grind it through with some uh, like fresh oregano and garlic and it's just ready to go. You just need your shredded iceberg lettuce. Some I love that kind of taco. Oh, yeah. Sour cream, I, yeah, dicey tomato. I like those with the beef and the pickle and the cheddar. Oh yeah, for sure. A nice dill pickle yeah. and some and some unmelted shredded cheddar. We're we're big Zingy. on pickles. I sell a probably probably too many types of pickles at the shop for the limited amount of space that I have. But like we've got pickled Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and asparagus and carrots and mm. like I just we love pickles. Andres Picklin right over there. Nice. We're going to send you home with a parting gift. Yeah, you're going to get a damn mason jar. Don't worry. Richard Parks, friend of the show. Oh, yeah. Parksy. What is the best written technique out there for deboning a chicken? It's a very specific question, Richard. I mean, I guess... He's a a literary gentleman. Actually... Because we've seen the videos of, like, Jacques Pepin showing you how to do it. I've got a video on my YouTube channel, too, but it's a little outdated. I do a little different now. Plus, the video's just too long. Uh, Anyway, I am... 
Oh, wait, that, oh, wait, wait for this. Shared junk. Standing's War on Books is <laughs> coming ah, right now. Um, I, burn them. Um, That's I get, what I say. I get the question a lot. Like, yeah, no, like, what, what books should I? I'm like, what? You, are you ever fucking looking at a book for information? Like, no, you grab your phone, and then you don't even click on any of the results that aren't a video. <laughs> Go to a video. But if, uh, what's this guy's name? Richard Parks. Richard Parks. If you want to DM or email me or whatever, I do have handouts from the chicken workshops that I used to do. And Hell yeah. that shit's detailed, and I will send it in. Mm, wow, I'll, I'll the plug. It to you. Damn, hell yeah. yeah Very Richard, cool. Richard's a good guy. You should yeah, know him. Because I do know words, <laughs> and I write them down <laughs> We'll sometimes. be the judge of that. Richard will we'll come in there, and, we'll, and, you, and he would love to see all of that. I mean, it's always amazing when you see somebody deboning a chicken like that. Yeah. It, it, like, that's the kind of hand, hand butchery that seems like... A level of sorcery yeah. where you're like, okay, that I'm just not even going to learn how to do that shit. Well, and that's also because uh, I I do like to do those chicken workshops because that's the only whole animal you're likely to ever bring into your house, right? To mm-hmm. to cut like it's fun to watch watch me break down a pig and get to taste it or like do whole beef or whatever. But you're probably never going to do it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like I can absolutely give you two chickens to put your hands on, cut them up, and then send you home with them, and you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just so messy that. and. Shit everywhere. And oh no, and chicken's gross. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm always like, just let me cut it for you. It's just gonna contaminate your whole kitchen. It's just this weird dinosaur that's made of poison. Like you have to, <laughs> you have to cook it to like such a high temp. Like we shouldn't even be. There's gonna be a things. pink mist all over your kitchen, all of your children's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, it's not food. Uh, Adam Santucci. Where can I buy a hanger steak in L.A.? <laughs> that's, that's a tough one, Adam. Ooh. You guys, have you heard of hanger steak? It's like a cut mm. on a beef that it's actually pretty good. You should check it out. Oh man, <laughs> I a long time ago, and I've I have a different website up now, but my old blog that I had uh, had, if this gives you an idea of direction, I'm going with this. Had a post entitled "Hanger Steak Delicious." Don't buy it. Uh, and it was mainly aimed at restaurants who have it on their menu because I'm like, I know you have a, a box of 30 hanger steaks back there, and that really represents 30 dead cows. What the hell happened to the rest of them? Mm, um, right. And that's the system that we're working against um, is that a system that says some cuts are better than others, and that necessitate, necessitates having, having to raise these animals really, really fast and just pump them out real quick. Right. Because, mm. And then the rest of it is like, dog food or goes to jack in the box or something uh anyway mm-hmm. where can you buy hanger steak in la was the question <laughs> i will have one maybe two a week um really so i yeah because i get one whole beef um and occasionally we're busy and i get two like the week the month is probably usually like three weeks i'll get one and then i'll load up on two and how big how big is one whole hanger steak pound wise uh it whole is like two two to three pounds and it gets split into two steaks because mm-hmm. um, there's this really thick membrane that runs right down the middle of it mm. um, and that's all you get on one beef it's the only well other than things from the head it's the only cut that there's only one of because yeah. everything else there are two but this sits say. it hangs right from the spine right <clears throat> at that last rib and it's just there's just one of them I didn't know that yeah. I didn't know that either Joseph Anderson asks, what is the most obscure animal that you would be down to eat? 
Mm. Man. hundred <laughs> oh, percent. It's the most dangerous would, game shit would, going on in my mind I would right not, now. I'd eat no. man again, sure. I would not eat man. I would hunt, but I wouldn't eat man. There's so many to- there's so many conversations I've had when I was like vegan about eating human flesh. Yeah. Really? So I, I mean it seemed like a nightly occasion. I've been yeah. super interested in eating crickets lately, and I haven't been able to make myself do it. Ooh, we but got like those we, exo bars, the like cricket protein ones. Like I, I feel like I should be doing that. We mm-hmm. they have them at La Galagetza, which um, has an incredible mezcal bar, and you can kind of pair a little some crickets with mezcal if you want to start yeah, that and, way. And see, That's I've done good, I've done like, like that kind of thing. So you've done you, that like where you crispy, get them like crispy, dry. Crispy. Yeah, totally. Okay, um, you've had that. Never mind. I'm talking raw. about like oh yeah, like eating 20 was grams a of cricket protein. Oh, like, like that, not raw. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want. So I this just, is just like a gym bro thing. Like you just want that good ass cricket. You want some cricket soil? I feel like that's. If I'm going to walk the walk about sustainable protein, that's mm-hmm. what I need to be doing. You need doing. creatine. Um, creatine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a huge teen. nutrition discussion that crickets will potentially be our diet moving forward in the centuries. Meat of the future. Or yeah. rabbits. Really? Yeah, you think rabbits? Yeah. I mean, they breed super fast. Don't take a ton of, like, it's not a huge environmental impact. You guys sell um, rabbit? I can get rabbits. We don't have it all the time, but um, our pork guy has rabbits mm-hmm. um that's one thing i've never cooked uh it's lean mm. yeah it's I really, real lean i really like it i like rabbit a lot about too. turtle you like a little turtle uh i'm i don't think i've ever actually eaten turtle horse no i probably i probably should try some horse penguin would you eat a little penguin <laughs> there we go uh no this goes back to the chicken thing i think eating birds is gross Really? <laughs> Even when they're in a tux? Uh, only in nugget form. Uh, okay. What about like a chicken liver pate? Oh, yeah. All day. <laughs> yeah. Or actually even just sauteed chicken livers. Yeah, you're right. Man, you got me. Hell, yeah. You yeah. knew there'd be one. So for you, the most obscure animal that you would eat is any <laughs> is bird. Is a chicken. <laughs> is a chicken. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, when you really think about it, eating, chi- eating chickens is fucked up. Um, I don't know. Like what... I mean, is it that I would that I would eat, or like how obscure I would like consider eating? I don't know. I've eaten a lot of things in jerky form. Like it's easy to get like alligator and snake jerky and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not. <clears throat> you're probably. I don't eat a ton of meat anyway. Like I'm. What more, about dog? Would you eat dog? Uh, Wolf. Probably. I'd probably would. There's actually a very Hell good. Yeah, baby. Who is it? Joel. Joel Salatin. Maybe someone makes a very good argument. For eating dogs in this country because we kill so many of them. Earmuffs, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, I, I mean, yeah. sure, it's upsetting to hear that. No. But like, that's the kind of talk that. Well, it's semantics, depending yeah. on how you mm-hmm. want to have the conversation about eating meat. I mean, and I don't, I don't want to eat dogs. I don't want to eat. Last uh, question. If either. you had to eat a dog, what would be the most flavorful? This is the last question. <laughs> <laughs> Which breed do you think tastes the best? <laughs> Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever? I'm going Golden uh, Retriever. What do you think? Oh, shit, he's eaten dog before. Oh, man. If we went Golden Retriever, it would have to be super <laughs> fancy with, like, gold leaf on it. Yeah, theme. something real yeah. presentation. Our friend James yeah. said he's eaten dog before, and I'm assuming that's because he went to Bali? Yeah. And didn't know it was dog. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah, they've I been know eating dog in Bali. I know this story. Since, uh... Sometimes I was knee high to a palm tree. 
But you also probably get one of like my trigger personalities in your shop. Maybe not. Hopefully not. But like the the extreme eater that wants that just like doesn't really care about taste, but just wants to tell the story of what they ate. And and the guy or the gal at the table is like, let's get that. And it's the most disgusting sounding thing on the menu. That's probably like it's mm-hmm. purely out of no knowledge, just out of like a quest to impress other people. Right, just like monkey yeah. brains and shark. I fins just I just love raw cartilage. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I eat it all the time in Vietnam. And you're like, mm-hmm. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> I think luckily in in the shop, and you know, we're only two months in. I haven't had I've had that in the past at places right. where I've worked, um, and I do have a lot of people who do come in for the obscure cuts but not in the douchey way right and about, I'm, like, there's, I'm not saying that like that's, cool in, that's yeah. intrinsically yeah. there's like you got beef knees <laughs> yeah i got beef yeah, knees you got beef yeah. yeah yeah i don't mean that in, that it's intrinsically that person who eats that is like that i just mean there's oh no there's i know very much that person totally different brands yeah so i've got the person who isn't like that and then but, but they're like interesting cuts and yeah you were telling me you had a customer that was Asking for some wild things, and they've got constant meat experiments going on all the time. Oh, that's uh, that's <laughs> beef knees. That's uh, yeah, my friend Charles, um, and he's just he's just having fun trying different things. Yeah, eating yeah. a whole animal, which is you actually super have fun. access yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he wanted uh, he wanted beef knees, and I need to. He got those like a week ago. I need to follow up with him, see what he did. It, I mean, at the very least, it's going to make a really nice broth. I'm not sure. If I yeah, get yeah, beef knees yeah. from you. Get. I'm texting you pics of exactly what I'm doing while it's happening. Come yeah. on, come like on bro. Yeah. Uh, all right, a few more questions. Busting jigs. I've got a five-pound uh. skinless pork belly, which is why. All right. And a Anova sous vide. Any good ideas on what to do with it? I'm not married to the sous vide, but figured it was noteworthy. No, I really like the sous vide for that. Um, mm. Bag that thing up with some... Actually, you know what? I would, I would do... And that's how we do our unsmoked bacon. Uh, cure that thing for. I have to remember. Jaredstanding.com. Jared with an E J E R E D. I think I think my bacon recipe is on there. Um, but I would uh, yeah cure that thing for like five days and then put it in that bag, sous vide it at one forty for like only like ninety minutes. Um, that's it. Yeah, because you're not really trying to like cook it all right. the way through. There's no like connective tissue breaking down or anything. You're just so making it. So cure it, salt, sugar. Salt, sugar, any other flavors you want to do. I usually do garlic, bay leaf, peppercorn. And then do you just leave that Time. out in the fridge uncovered or is it in a bag? I do it in the bag because um, okay. then you're kind of making a, a brine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, you don't even have to do that. I like the sous vide if you want it more instant gratification. You just wanted to eat it tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop it in there again like a few hours, hour and a half to three hours or whatever, just to pre-cook it. And then if it had the skin on, I'd say roast it really high heat to crisp that skin up. Mm -hmm. But um, it's fine with no skin. It's really hard to get the skin right anyway. Um, I would still ideally make it at least a two-day process where you would sous vide it, throw it in the fridge overnight to firm it up again, and then you can cut big, thick slices and get those like raging hot pan just like, Mm-hmm. Sear each side, throw mm-hmm. like some bourbon and honey on it. Mm. That'd be good. Yeah, I feel like sugar is really important in curing sometimes. And it gets left out a lot because with... it's hydrostatic. Wait, what's that? So many people are like, I want sugar free bacon. Why does anyone you know, make bacon without sugar? And it's like, because it would dry out so much. Like that salt is pulling moisture right, out right but the sugar is offsetting that by holding on to that water mm. um, and that's 
it's not really mm. a flavoring thing. Um, it's just because <clears> it's <throat> it's keeping that moisture content in check. Damn. I didn't know that. Putting that salt in handcuffs. Yeah, some salt. And I think, I think I mean, it, it, mm. it does offer some flavor, but I think oh, yeah, totally. some of that sweetness is really needed to cut through that fatty richness yeah. going and, on. And more than the flavor, when you have that sugar in there, that's going to give you that nice caramelization and that nice browning when you want to fry yeah. it up. Hydrostatic. Um, yeah. Robin McNult. Tomorrow morning, I have to cook short ribs in my crock pot is janky and doesn't have temperature settings. It just has high, medium, low, so I'm freaked out about how many hours to set it for. That's what, pretty. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? Uh, it's going to depend on. I wouldn't go to high. It's going to depend on how much time they have, especially. I mean, if they're worried about overdoing it. Again, this is this is something where a worst right. case scenario is still going to be super edible. Yeah. Right. Right. Get, right. Um, but I would. It's going to taste good after six no. hours and better at eight hours. Yeah, if you can do, if you only have that four or five, six hours, medium heat, that thing, um, it's going to be good. It's probably going to be still pretty solid and maybe even sliceable. Uh, but if you can go low for like eight, ten hours, it's going to just shred apart. Um, this is another one of those things, though, that again right. is touch and go and it's going to depend on a lot of other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, yeah, Robin, just wake up at like five in the morning and. Put it, Start put now. It Do it live. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the. I mean, it's going to be forgiving if you, if you dry it out a little too much, um, it's still going to like fry up nice for tacos. I mean, you mm. might just. Sure. It's not going to be. It's pivot, still going to be. Pivot delish. your meal plan. Yeah. <clears throat> we love to pivot in 2018. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> I think a short rib is such a great example of uh, something that people eat at restaurants and they want to replicate at home. And it's it's especially when you're mentioning that you've only got a crock pot, which intrinsically means basically you're gonna be, need to be covered in liquid the entire time. And I mean, like when you're doing on a like a large scale restaurant short rib, you're braising them ahead of time, then you're wrapping them, you're refrigerating, you're keeping them. I mean, they're all done so specifically that it's just it. I don't know. It's one of those dishes where on paper I feel like people are like, oh, that's, yeah, we can do that at home. And then it's not. It's not that. And I think your expectations not don't need to be lower as far as Just taste, flexible. But also yeah. it's not going to look like that perfect rectangle, beautiful plated short mm-hmm. rib that you see at a restaurant with a demi-glaze on top. It's going to be like bad, shining. And no, It's going to look a little no bit more need, rustic. No need for it to be. Oh, and I guess yeah, if I can just throw in an no extra... Extra tip is uh, patience on the front end. Uh, it's easy to just throw it in there and forget about it, but really getting that like good sear mm, on the meat mm. and on your veggies, yeah, that's gonna give you the best results at the end. No yeah, matter because what else like to really get that. a good sear on all sides of that short rib, it's gonna yeah. mean, like and be patient. It's gonna take time. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. And, the, and the veggies and the veggies. Yeah, that, just, that is a good tip. It, it, like, yeah, that, that searing always. Takes a little bit longer than you hope it would. Yeah. yeah, if you don't, and even if you're if you're really trying to cut down on the work, you can roast those veggies off on a sheet pan. Oh, yeah. Like if you can't sit there and saute or you're doing char marks or whatever, just even just roasting the vegetables is going to help you. Give yeah, a high heat blaster. Last question from Ken uh, at Now Serving, our, our bro. Ah, uh, what up, Ken? As a butcher, do you ever go out to eat and order meat, or are you usually just eating? veg and fish since you're surrounded by amazing meat all the time slash do you experience meat fatigue being around it all the time 
Yeah, I don't. I'm. I kind of know where he's going with this. I'm. I'm not <laughs> going to like a steakhouse and getting, like, right. ordering a steak. That sounds terrible. Although I would go to a steakhouse and just eat like scream, scream, creamed spinach and yeah. uh, and whiskey and whiskey. <laughs> I would drink martinis and cream spinach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually pretty true. And uh, like a wedge salad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. Um, no, usually. What, what steakhouse are you going to for this, buddy? The, I don't you know. Taylor's. Man. I have no idea. You don't fucking. I don't know. even know. Because I, I don't go to steakhouse. He, he no works idea. 14 hours a day. He doesn't I, that's even, the other thing. I have to just imagine what it would be like to go out to eat. He doesn't um, even know when it's nighttime or daytime. <laughs> I No, I, yeah, when I get up, it's dark. And when I go home, it's dark. I don't know. Um, mm. the, you sounds like you should I listen to some I podcasts. I usually don't eat meat when I go out. Um, and typically, that's just because it's going to be some commercial What's the point? commodity meat. Um, right. And it's going to be the thing that I'm not trying to support anyway. Mm-hmm. The The one thing... I guess there are two things that get me uh, in and out. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And I just keep doing that and I don't feel great about it. But like in the moment, I feel great. Do you about wear it. a disguise when you do it to uh, make yourself feel right, better? Yeah, paparazzi everywhere. <laughs> uh, the, and then ramen. I can't stop eating ramen. Yeah. What's your in and out order? Uh, you know what it used to be because I hate those fries? Was a double double and instead of fries, a cheeseburger. <laughs> so. <laughs> You got to get the fries well done. I don't know. You can, can make them, <laughs> you can make them better, but can you make them good? I'm just not that much. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I, don't know. I like the fries. Double double and uh, you know, of cheese. We had post, Postmates some. We had McDonald's someone fries. who Ew. likes their um, do not. No. What was the term he used? The we had a guest on who likes their fries half cooked. Oh yeah. Fifty fifty. Yeah, I was like, it was like undercooked, not even to their normal, not cooked enough level. Were they talking about fries or tortilla chips? Fries. They're talking about fries. Yeah, that's fucked. I've heard the tortilla thing. We've had the tortilla thing too, but yeah, yeah. somebody was like, oh, because we mentioned well done. He's like, no, 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 I like them under. I I get the chewy sure, tortilla color. tip thing. Sure, 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 sure. But that's because tortillas you can eat raw. Like, who's just like biting a raw potato? I don't know. A damn freak, actually. I don't know. When my, when my grandma would make mashed potatoes, I would I'd steal some raw raw tater nibbles. But really, really? Man, the mm-hmm. carbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you do in your body? I would eat raw spaghetti. <laughs> that makes more sense than raw potato. Mm-hmm. I like it when it goes in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Now it's a part of the show where we talk about the best thing we ate all week. It's the last portion of the show. I'll let Ooh. you think on oh. it. Oh, you already have one. No, I think, well, I don't know. Uh, for me... Uh, Stewie, or my brother, who normally does this show with oh, us, yeah. he's he's working right now, so he couldn't be there. But he had a little dinner party a couple of days ago, and he made the the mushroom toast from Jelena. That was so good, and I feel like that was just real, real, real nice. Have you had that? Have you had that before? No. Jelena's a restaurant here in LA. It's not. It's not inside my shop, so I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Santa Monica, a restaurant that people oh, that's love. Another country. I fucking hate Santa Monica. I get it, bro. But um. <laughs> yeah, they have. The, it's just like really good, like grilled bread with sautéed mushrooms, and, and the mushrooms are mixed with creme fraiche mm-hmm. and like some herbs and garlic and stuff. And couldn't stop munching that. Awesome, that sounds good. I feel like I have. It's weird. I love grilled bread more than. I mean, it's one of my favorite things in the entire world. I remember being in um, in Brazil, and I was like basically served with like every piece of meat you'd ever get. It was just like this. Grilled over fire bread with mm-hmm. like scraped tomato and garlic on it. I don't think I'm good at grilling bread. I've tried so many oh. different ways and so many different times, and I feel like I've always had grilled bread better than I've ever been able to make. And I'm talking like 
<clears throat> on a grill pan, in a cast iron flat pan, on, over fire, over wood fire, like so many different ways, like under a broiler. And I still I haven't the, mastered it. I think much, much, much like the steak, I think when you're doing that, you have to do a high heat sear and... The quality of the bread is very important, and the thickness of the bread is very important. You can't get a good sear on a steak if it's thin. Preaching the choir, brother. I and, just, I, and I'm sure you know all of I this, but like, you, yeah. I feel like you need that like two-inch daddy slice of, of bread. Yeah. Drown it in olive oil. And, I was, yeah, I was going to ask what mayo you're putting on it. Yeah, right. Because that's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. now, now Mans knows what he's yeah. talking about. Wow. Yeah. That's your pro tip for the... I've been yeah, reading a lot about bread. mayonnaise cooked steaks. Mayonnaise grilled bread. This makes sense. Yeah. Have you done the mayonnaise steak? There you go. I have not done the mayonnaise steak. I'm very I'm curious really, to try it. I'm like a salt. I'm a salt and maybe pepper guy for a I'm steak. usually salt only. Yeah. Let's do the mayo. Yeah. You got any, you got any extra flaps laying around? Let's slather it up in some, in some mayo and get it popping. Yeah, it came yeah. here straight from the I'll shop. I mean, no I love goodie mayo. bags? Oh, Something shit. must have gone bad to oh, her. You're right. Some, something's on the edge tonight. Actually, Come on, man, 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 today, the... You're, fuck, you're right. I feel terrible. Uh, you should. The, um, Back to the shop. Oh, damn it. Uh, Back to the front. Actually, no, there's nothing. Everything came in fresh yesterday and today, so it's... Yeah, right, fair. There's nothing, nothing yeah. on its way out. It's cool. I'll throw a brick through the window Are you in town? Are you working this weekend? Uh, I work every day. Yeah. I'll do a pop-in this weekend. I'll come say hi. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'll be there. Andre, what's the best thing you ate all week? And also, sorry, before that, if you want the recipe for that thing that I said, you can easily look it up online. Just Jelena Mushroom Toast. And you could find like 20 websites that have the recipe. Probably some videos that show you how to make it. It's also in their cookbook. Or you can buy the cookbook, but that costs money. Don't do that. Also, fuck books. Yeah, <laughs> books are for idiots. Yeah, that's why we're listening to a talking book, a.k.a. a podcast. Yeah. Uh, the best thing I had this week, um, Jared can help, because I went to the, the demo I talked about where he broke down the leg, and a, a wild cut came out um, that when sliced almost looked like little circles of brain. And you were telling me about it, and I was like, wow, it sounds a lot like oxtail. And you're like, it's very similar to oxtail. I was like, can I please buy that from you? Where did that come from? That was the third muscle of the calf? That was, yeah, in that, that heel we were talking about where the yeah. velvet steak comes from and right next to it, which is actually why I think the velvet steak is super interesting because it's like this perfect little tender muscle hidden in all these gnarly, like you said, it looks like brain, like all this squiggly so cool. connective tissue. So cool. An oyster from a chicken, perhaps. Yeah, it's wild. <sighs> chicken's, I like I lo- a, chicken's like a bird that people eat. Oh, I thought gross. it looked like <laughs> I thought it looked like you know if I had walked in and that had been cut because when it came off it was fine when yeah. it came off whole it was fine then you sliced it in like six pieces and once it yeah, sat yeah. like that if I had come in I just would assumed it was an organ like a clean mm. looking yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the texture the surface wow. texture and all of it was so wavy it was like a a topographical map of beef it was totally. I've never seen yeah. anything like it it was really wild yeah. I mean I was really kind of blown it's away a, it's an attention getter it's why we slice it out like that right did you do a double take. I probably did. Did you lower your sunglasses slowly? Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said I was like <laughs> there was a swimming pool full yeah, of them. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. It came off the table and I was like <laughs> Um But so when you're describing I was talking about it, like that sounds like well, it sounds like oxtail, it's a really lean cut. There's almost no fat on it. Is there any fat on it? Uh no, no, just a ton of I mean, collagen. The, so when you think of like oxtail, huge pieces of fat and trimming depending on how you want to cook it. This was incredibly lean, dark red. And you're like, cook it, you know, sous vide if you can. I was like, I can do that. 
So I just did that 50 hours at 160 with nothing but salt in the bag. And as I was saying earlier, I don't like using aromatics for a long cook like that, sous vide, because I mm-hmm. think it's way too strong unless you're just using a little bit. And I, more so, I really just wanted to taste the beef flavor of a cut like that. Mm-hmm. When it's coming like a stew meat or an oxtail or something that's just so beefy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just reduced all the, the sous vide liquid, added a little pat of butter, and then... Just tossed it in it, and it was it was incredible. Our friend James over here, who's quietly hanging out, uh, also thoroughly enjoyed it. So mm. I, I had a second. And what, what's the, what's the name Glad. of this cut again for our listeners? We just call it Heel there because I don't know that there is a name for it. Damn, it's not. It's either left on the shank or just probably most of the time. So if you want to try this magical geographic meat, you have to go visit Jared himself. Call ahead. There's only a pound of it on every. Call ahead. Hold (laughs) hold a heel for me, friend. Yeah. The other thing I really liked about it um, is that I love oxtail, but I think to me oxtail can be kind of annoying. Because there's a lot oh, totally. of fat and there's yeah. a lot to deal with. It's not and very there's, user friendly. There's a lot yeah. of cleanup and it, it's totally worthwhile. And it's a little I love more it. expensive than it used to be and sure. maybe should be. Yeah, but it's like it, this was so incredibly easy. No, like separating fat from liquid. No trimming. It was great. Yeah. yeah, just come in and get this magical mystery cut of meat that doesn't have a name or really exist. <laughs> it has that. It had that quality too. It's an illusion when oxtail is trimmed well and lean, where it's soft but also maintains so much texture. It's like the perfect kind of stewed beef or short rib or oxtail when it gets when it's like fork tender but also still has structure. It's it's yeah. great. There's a there's a much much higher quantity of some other muscles that we can pull out for you from both the fore and the hind shank. Yeah. Um, that'll do about the same thing. I mean, um, so I can, I can actually help a lot more people than just heal customers for that. Kind of <laughs> all right. What's the best thing you had all week, Jared? Uh, the, there, well, since I'm just at work all the time, like it's going to be one of the things we sell at the shop, mm-hmm. except if I can throw in a sneaky, like second best thing too. Yeah. There's yeah, something yeah. else that we don't sell, but I sure. ate it in, in the shop. Uh, <laughs> but the, the best thing um, was the beef and kimchi sausage that Anthony just made yesterday and today. I say yesterday and today because our sausage making process is a two to three day mm-hmm. process to do it right. But um, it's it's like just got enough of that like fermentation flavor and the kimchi, but it's super beefy. Do you have still. to like kind of drain out the moisture of the kimchi before you grind it up? Uh, we do, not like excessively because there's a pretty high moisture content in the sausage, mm-hmm. so some of that like brininess is good mm-hmm. and uh, it just gets ground straight into the meat. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. Like It was way better than I thought so it was what, be. Is there anything else going into it other than beef and kimchi? Uh, it's really simple actually, just that... Um, Salt, pepper, there's salt because we need salt and fat to just sure. bind it. Um, but I think that was. So just straight it. away, nice, clean. Yeah. We keep all the sausage recipes to five ingredients or less anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep them simple. Smart. Yeah, uh, and if you want to put some other Korean flavors on it, you can do that afterwards. Grill it up, make a gochujang mayo, slather it on a bun. Sure. Bob's your uncle. I like that. I was going to say. You know, if people also aren't super into cooking cuts of meat but do like sausage, do you have, what, 10 to like 12 
sometimes t- types of sausage that yeah. you make. I mean, at I least, had one that at I, least like six or seven flavors up to like yeah, eleven. Or I had a sausage from you that I had never had any sausage similar to that that you guys had called a steakhouse that you mm. use some dry aged trimmings and yeah. some blue cheese. We made a big batch of that this week. It was wild. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like sausage also if you're if you're kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure about cooking like a whole cut of meat, but I really like what I'm hearing, go and try some of these sausages because totally. you won't find them anywhere else. Sausage is sort of the gateway meat there. Um, it's like entry level, uh, and it's and they're so good. I mean, it's, and it has everything you need in there. Yeah, it's like a damn hot dog, you know? It's, it's hard oh, to fuck it up. Actually, the other one we made, which will come out tomorrow, I have to, I have to poach these guys because they're going to be much better if they're cooked through. Um, we're going to call it the Gigante Picante, and it is, Ooh, uh, it's our healthier version of the 7-Eleven Spicy Big Bite. Whoa. And it tastes just like that. <laughs> Whoa. No way. Yeah. yeah An artisan awesome. Big Bite? Spicy Big Bite. Yeah. That's... Walk, walk us through, what is, just lastly, as we're closing out, what, what, what goes into a Spicy Big Bite? Uh, I... This is one that Anthony just made today, and mm-hmm. Anthony's our sausage guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I know all the ingredients to that. <laughs> okay. Um, he well, was, you'll have to go to you have to go and find out. But he was roasting chilies all morning um, there. But again, it's gonna be it's gonna be just a simple. Mm-hmm. It's all beef. Um, it, Do you yeah. also roll them on the floor before they go in the cold case too, like most Seven <laughs> Eleven big guys? Oh, yeah. Right, right leave, before it goes in, leave them out. You just do kind of yeah. like a toss. There's a little loose hair on there or something, yeah. right? Yeah, we just made them today, the so they'll be they'll be ready in June. Great, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, they'll be cooking starting tomorrow. Yeah, damn, they're gonna be rotating. The Higante <laughs> elevated yeah. big bite. Anyway, you had yeah. a second thing, right? Oh, uh, I had I have some customers who are from Sweden, and when I this podcast is over, real good. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> Swedish people. <laughs> would I? Would I? Learned that they were from Sweden. We just because I lived there for two summers a long time ago, and I was like talking about all the things I miss, and it was all of the salty licorice, and they have all these candies that you can't get here, even at IKEA, and they brought me after they came back from their like Christmas trip just this giant bag of Swedish candies. No way. So I've been eating those too much all day. Yeah. So that's that's actually the best. Thing so you're just neck on. deep yeah. in the worst candy you could have. Yeah, salted Swedish candy. If yeah. you thought you hated licorice, try it salted. <laughs> Super salty too. Like everybody hates it at the shop. It's all mine. That's a great food to have that you love. That when everybody else hates it, you're just like, that's good. Oh yeah, no mm-hmm. one else wants. And any a couple of people like will go back for another one because it's like <laughs> now it's like a challenge. But Wait, like, did I hate it that much? I better check. Oh, I've yeah. had salt. Like oh, the salt. like when you like you know search somebody's like Instagram or Facebook. And you're like, oh yeah, no, I, I still do hate you. Yeah, yeah, they suck. <laughs> yeah, still sucking. Oh, checks out. 2018, still sucking. <laughs> well, if people want to lurk you on Instagram. It's Jared J E R E D standing. Yeah, standing. Standing. Whatever you get the J E R E. I'll probably be the first one that pops yeah, up. That's why it's so hard to find you on Instagram yeah. because you spell your name differently. I know. That's fine. I, I it wasn't it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you do that? And what's I the know. website for your, for the shop? Uh standingsbutchery.com. Standingsbutchery.com. Uh, you didn't get a chance I don't think to mention you're going to do some classes up and coming, you're doing demos. Yeah, yeah, we're doing two that are scheduled um and I might just throw some other ones in there off the cuff, but we're doing uh January 20th uh whole hog 
This, describe this in detail. I'm going to go to yeah, this. Yeah. This is this, this one, one detail. Of the, we are wrapping the show. Up. Great. This is the end of the show. Don't listen do to him. Five words or less. Uh, these can be more than five words. The uh, this is a hog hog butchery demo and tasting. We're going to break down, demonstrate how we do it by hand. Whole thing, nose to tail, uh, and then let everybody taste different cuts from different parts. So a slice out of the shoulder and a slice out Cooked. of the loin. <laughs> yeah, we'll cook <laughs> them on the spot there, and then a slice out of the leg. Uh, so that all things being equal, you can get different flavor and texture from different parts of the same animal. Uh, and Too then cool. we'll mm. have some other snacks, probably some wine there, and we'll uh, send everybody home with some free sausages and stuff too. Amazing. And then uh, the following week on the 27th, these are both Saturdays, we'll do a whole beef demonstration, probably cook up a bunch of that steakhouse sausage because it's awesome. Um, let everybody eat that. Again, we'll, we'll drink. There's always some beer and wine. And then... Uh, Everybody can take home probably some ground beef. It's always my favorite thing to give as a sample because it, that's where you can really taste mm-hmm. how yeah. good that beef and is. And RSVP for these. Don't just show up. And uh, actually, some of them are going to You got to buy, right? yeah. buy tickets for those. You can do it through the website. Um, it's the link in the bio. It feels like this is your version Instagram of trying too. to have a social life while still being at work. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not interested <laughs> in a social life. Uh, I'm really sorry because you're like, and that's Saturday night, and we're doing that every Saturday, every forever, Saturday, just, forever. Uh, I'll be at my work. That's this podcast going to end with a gunshot. It's my energy level because I got up before. Well, Jared, thank you so much for doing this. We're almost 10. The screensaver on your phone is a beautiful bunch of sausage. sausage, You fucking freak. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys. Wait, follow me on social media at them jeans. And the stewpodcast.com has all the other episodes, all the artwork, and all the links and everything. Andre Kanapar has no social media, so don't even try. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Bye. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do